0: What is up, listeners of the world? My name is Jalen Tully, and welcome to Jay Talks. Hello, you guys. Happy Sunday, and welcome back to another episode of Jay Talks, hosted by yours truly. This week, as I'm sure you could have inferred by the title, I am going to address the people not just in my little corner of the world, in the areas where I live and frequent in, who are still making the conscious decision to keep their Trump signs up almost five months after we have inaugurated inaugurated oh my god, that word was hard to say, (laughs) inaugurated a new president, but those across the nation who are doing the same because I am fully aware that it is not just in my little area of central New Hampshire where people are doing this, but it's all across the country where people are still having their Trump signs up. People are still very proudly and very openly showing their bigotry and alignment with our former president. I'm going to attempt this week to try and take both a logical and humorous spin on this because, as, as funny as it is, I think we have the potential to have a more in-depth conversation as we do with almost any conversation and any topic that we broach on this podcast. But first, I want to talk about the pattern that I've personally seen when it comes to Trump signs be staying up and being taken down. I, I, I Personally, for me, I saw a lot stay up immediately after the election and its results. I did not see a real change in signs finally being taken down until January 6th. And I would say, personally, for my area personally where I live and the areas where I frequent in the houses that I passed that I know had Trump signs up since the very beginning, I think I saw about, like, two-thirds of all Trump signs being taken down. However, the signs that stayed up, and this is the interesting part, the signs that stayed up on the properties where people already had Trump signs up, I noticed that people had doubled down after January 6th. And I have a couple examples for you guys actually that I, I want to share with you because some of them are funny, but more than anything, I think they'll just paint the, the the bigger picture of what I'm getting at when I go more in depth about this topic and when I actually talk about it in in its entirety later on. My first example being that on every weekend, my mom and I have uh, a family friend who we go and we take care of our horses. We turn them out, we feed them, we muck their stalls, we play with them a little bit. Um, It's something that we love doing. We love spending time together doing it. And quite honestly, I just love spending time with the horses more than anything. But that's kind of unimportant to the overarching point. The overarching point is that we pass a house every single time that we go that is a, a I like to call them Trump flag houses or Trump houses. This is genuinely a Trump house. Um, we've been going for the last year and a half, so obviously we've been passing this house twice a week, every week, for over a year, at well over a year at this point. And they've had Trump signs up since the very beginning. However, like I said, with the pattern that I noted earlier it did seem to get worse especially when a lot of other people were starting to quietly take down their flags and take down their signs and kind of in in the in a quiet and subtle way renounce their support of our former president they they completely doubled down they started putting up newer signs and flags they put up one that says um anti uh pro america anti biden they have another one up that is actually supporting trump's preemptive and Assumed run for for the presidency again in 2024. So they have a Trump 2024 sign with the slogan under, underneath that says "We'll be back," which that doesn't seem threatening at all. Um, but just like a lot of like those, like they probably have a half dozen to a dozen flags and signs up saying various comments along all of those lines, disrespecting and disregarding Biden as a legitimate president, and flags you know further supporting Donald Trump and. And like I said earlier, further supporting his preemptive 2024 run for president again. Um, just stuff like that. There's there's another house that I also pass on my way on my way to work every single day, almost every single day, that is easily one of the worst Trump houses that I have ever witnessed or ever seen. They have easily, easily two dozen signs and flags up. And the house is like maybe 850 square feet like it is not a big house at all I can't even tell you what color the house actually is because every single inch of the exterior of that household is covered in Trump stuff and covered in anti-Biden stuff and I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys though I don't know how to say this without sounding ableist or like a bad person so I'm gonna try and say this as as nicely and as politically correct as I can it genuinely makes me bring into question this person's sanity as an individual to see their house like this. They have one flag that has a picture of Biden over the Looney Tunes logo and underneath his picture it says that's all folks, which I don't really get the point of that one. Is it like he's not even going to carry out a full term because he's not actually a legitimate president, like is it like poking fun at the fact that they don't think he's a legitimate president because they think the election was stolen? Is it po- like I don't I don't really understand that. But they also have a, this. This is kind of funny, honestly. They have one of those big, like, original Trump Pence signs that actually cover their garage, and they they took I'm guessing spray paint and whited out the Pence underneath Trump Pe- underneath Trump's name for I'm guessing him saying that the election wasn't stolen and um, kind of dismissing Trump's election fraud claims, especially after January sixth. So I'm guessing that's what that's about. But either way, it, it makes me chuckle whenever I pass it. I went down to the New Hampshire State Capitol a couple weeks ago. Uh, the the, Concord, the city of Concord, New Hampshire, a couple weeks ago just to run some errands just to get some stuff done that I can only do in the city because I live in East Bejesus, but fuck nowhere. Um, and on my way back, I, I passed this house and they had a huge, like a huge white canvas um, between two of their trees. I'm guessing it was like... Like, it it was big. Like, if if I had stood next to it, it would have been taller than me. I'm guessing it was, like, 8 by 10 feet. Like, 8 feet by 10 feet. It was humongous. I'm not even kidding. This is probably the biggest sign I've ever seen. And on it, it had written... (laughs) I can't even get through it without laughing. On it, it had written, Pelosi and Harris, the wicked witches of the West. They are both brain dead. (laughs) See, this is, like... Like that, like, what does that even mean? Uh, like, that's on par with the picture of Biden over the Looney Tunes logo and underneath it saying that's all folks. What, do, what does stuff like that even mean? What are you, what point are you trying to get across? Because I like to think I'm a pretty intelligent person or at least I have at least like above average intelligence. I like to think I'm able to compartmentalize and dissect things and think through things logically in a way that makes sense to me. I sat there. And continued to drive home for like 20, 25 minutes just thinking about that sign. And I could not come up with a single explanation as to what this, the underlying message of the sign actually was. I, I still to this day, I am so goddamn confused about what the point of that sign was. Also, before I continue, can we address the fact that Nancy Pelosi isn't actually from the West? I mean, Kamala is. Kamala's is from uh, California, I believe. Yeah, the state of California. Which, yeah, is in the West, but Nancy Pelosi's from Baltimore. <laughs> That's an East Coast city. So technically speaking, she's not even from the West. So that, that statement alone is not only stupid and doesn't mean anything, but it's also inaccurate. And I hope you guys know that, like, I I can't even make this shit up because how, how could I have even made that? Like, how could I even make that up? It doesn't even mean anything. That sign makes absolutely no sense. And please, feel free to let me know if that sign makes sense to you or if you can find some underlying, like, meaning to that sign. Because, like I said, I saw that well over a month ago and like I said I still have absolutely no idea what it's actually supposed to mean. I have no idea what the message is supposed to be, what message is supposed to be getting across to the people who drive by and read it. No, absolutely no idea. I have a couple more examples and these ones are these ones are pretty bad. Like the like the signs itself, like the signs that I just told you guys and the flags that I just told you guys I see almost all the time, those ones are pretty bad. But these next examples are borderline, like, kind of crazy. Like, like kind of insane. Like, again, makes me really bring into question these individuals' sanity. There's a house um, on, the, on the road that I live off of. So I live off of, like, kind of a main road off of another road. So, like, I live off of two dirt roads. And then the dirt, the two dirt roads lead back to this main road that I'm talking about. I don't know if that made any sense. But pretty much... I have to drive past this house all the time is the point that I'm saying. And for a while, they don't have it anymore, but for a while, specifically after January 6th, this this house had a a life-sized cardboard cutout of, of, of Donald Trump. And like that that was so disturbing the first time I saw it because I, I like I, I knew it wasn't Donald Trump because Donald Trump has no business coming to like I told you earlier, East Bejesus butt fuck New Hampshire but i was like what is that and then i realized when it was too when i drove past and i could see it at an angle that it that it was clearly two dimensional i was like oh my god these people these individuals with brains and and sentience and the ability to make decisions for themselves they chose to go out and spend their money on a life size cardboard cutout of our former president and you know I I just I just laugh to myself because how do you how do you even react like and I I want to note that like none of this stuff makes me angry I mean it's like it's kind of it's the the the, wor- the best word that I could use to describe it is, like, it's disturbing. It's disturbing to know that people are going out and t- spending money on these and adorning their yards and their homes and the spaces where they live in stuff like this, especially because I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but I would never put any political signs up on my property, especially if I lived in a property where people could, like, see my house from the road and, like, I, like, people could see, like, who lives there and people, you know, you know see what cars I drive and stuff like that but like just like it's 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 disturbing to me to think that people are choosing to make their homes look like this like people are choosing to go out and buy dozens upon dozens of trump signs trump flags trump cardboard cutouts and lastly trump fatheads because yes on the road that i have to drive to in order to go and see my partner there is someone who drives a pickup truck and on the rear window of his pickup truck he has a fat head of Donald Trump. Like he has a sticker of Donald Trump's like upper chest, like his like shoulders up, like just like his shoulders and his head. He has a fat head on the window of his pickup truck. And if you don't know what a fat head it is, it's kind of just like a very large sticker that goes on like a wall or a window. Um, it's meant to be like decorative or whatever. I I don't even know how he he got that. Not Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I don't even know how any of these people got these things. I kind of want to get my jokes out of the way now before going in depth into the more meaningful and important conversations that we're going to have about this and why this is wrong on a political and just in general level. But real talk, one, who is making these signs? Who is spending the time printing out these fathead stickers, who is spending the time making these signs, making these huge flags, making these flags with these intricate images and intricate designs and quotes, and, like, who is spending the time making these, genuinely? Because, no offense, but I think they should be put on an FBI watch list. If your hobby is making politically damaging, personally damaging or politically gratifying signs about a former president that hasn't been in office for the last f- almost six full months, I'm genuinely worried about you. Not in like, uh, oh, let's make a joke about about this. Not like, oh, they just don't agree with me politically. I don't care if you are at the complete opposite end of the political spectrum as I am, or I don't care if you're on the same end of the political spectrum as me. Anyone who spends their time doing this, anyone who spends their time making an 8 foot by 10 foot sign calling Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris wicked witches of the West, even though they're not even both from the West, like, you you are someone who I'm genuinely going to be worried about your mental health and I genuinely think there needs to be a mental evaluation happening because that is not a normal thing to spend your time doing for one. For two, like, uh, like again, how much time do you have? Because that, that, like, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris sign, because there's a good fair chance that the person who owns that house and had that sign up made it themselves. But this sign was, this sign specifically, the Pelosi and Harris one, Wicked Witches of the West, they're both brain out. that one, it was it was not just like painted. Like there was like calligraphy writing in the center line, there was different fonts being used. There was like like it, I'm guessing it was printed. I'm guessing they like actually got like printed letters and printed words and like put the effort into making this statement and put effort into thinking about this statement. So either way, whether you're the whether you're the individual making your own signs or whether you're an individual who has an Etsy shop and are and is making these signs for public distribution and is making money off of these signs, either way I am worried for you, and I am genuinely concerned about your mental health, and I think that there needs to be some steps taken into seeing what the deeper and underlying causations for this behavior is. Because, again, it's alarming. Like, that's not a normal thing to spend your time doing. That's not a normal thing to do. And more than anything, it's not a normal thing to seek out these signs. It's not a normal thing to spend, whether you're spending your money making your own signs or whether you're spending your money on signs that other people are making and flags that other people are making. Please, get a hobby. <laughs> get a, get an activity. Go, go to the gym. Go swimming. Learn how to knit. Do anything else with your time and your money, please, for the love of God. I don't, like I said, I don't care if this person is the most leftist, most liberal, seems to, seemingly agrees with me on everything person, or if they're at the complete opposite end of the political spectrum as me. Any way you look at this, normal people do not do things like this. Normal people do not act like this. And normal people do not put, you know, hundreds of dollars, because I'm guessing this is like an expensive endeavor, whether you're making your own or you're buying from someone else who makes these signs. Nobody normal, nobody with a normal way of thinking, nobody with a functional brain puts that much money, puts that much effort into something like this, something as frivolous as this, especially when it comes to a man that, like I said it so many times, hasn't even been in office since five months ago, since the beginning of this year, and it is now almost July. So that's the first point I wanted to make, and that's quite possibly the most important and the most, the, the point in this episode that I'm willing, the, in the hill that I'm willing to die on in terms of that point. Second, can we just talk about how genuinely crazy it is to... Do to do this in general, put, uh, put aside politics, put aside everything else. Like, can we just talk about how crazy like some of this behavior is in general? I know I I just touched on it, but I just want to go more in depth specifically about the cardboard cutout thing. I would never in a million years have a life sized cardboard cutout of any person, dead or alive, except maybe Chris Evans, but like he's literally Captain America, so that should be seen as acceptable. But that out of the way, I would never have a life-sized cardboard cutout of anyone in my possession, and I most certainly would not keep it on my lawn. Please, at the very least, take it inside. Keep it in your living room. Keep it in your bedroom if if that's what makes you happy. But at the very least, keep your crazy to yourself. You don't need to go out and bring your crazy in public and ruin other people's days with your inability to keep your sentience, all right? Also, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge like political signs on my property type of person. Yes, I harness my the beliefs that I do. Yes, I am very adamant. And I'm very proud of the way I believe. And I'm very proud of the way that I think. However, it is 2021. People can figure out anything about you with just a couple clicks of a button. And I think that... Putting political signs on your property, putting political signs in your yard. Like I said earlier, in the place where you live, in the place where you are out in your yard and having family over with your cars and with other defining features of what makes you you, I think that that may potentially put you at risk. And I think that potentially opens you up to attacks or violence or hatred or discrimination. You know, like I said, it's 2021. And I think that, you know, even though I we... We seem to be getting somewhere with acceptance of the way other people think. The fact of the matter is that there are always going to be people who harness extreme views, and there are always going to be people who harness extreme views in a way that could be potentially dangerous to other people. So again, keeping political signs, keeping your political affiliations, keeping the way that you vote, keeping the way that you believe out on public display, on your property for everyone to see... Just warrants attack. It's the same reason I'm never gonna put political stickers on my car. I'm never gonna put anything political or social or anything on my car because, again, it just warrants uh, it puts yourself at risk. And I'm not saying that if you put political signs on your yard, you deserve to be attacked. I'm not at all saying that because I think it's very unfortunate that this is the world that we live in. I think it's very unfortunate that I have to make this point and I have to say this right now. People should be able to harness whatever beliefs they want. People should be able to showcase and broadcast whatever beliefs they feel and be proud of how they feel without having to worry about this. But unfortunately, that is not the world that we live in. And this is a necessary precaution that I think I need to tell you guys about. And I think that personally, I need to take for myself, especially as a young black woman in America. Next point I want to make is that all of Trump's most hideous and undesirable personality traits aside... It's weird and it makes you look crazy. That is the overarching point that I want to make in this week's episode. It makes you look insane. It makes you look mentally unstable. Even if Trump was the second coming of Jesus Christ and was the most charismatic, generous, and well-mannered man and president to have ever existed in America, I would still come to question your sanity and ability to make sound decisions if you kept a life-size cardboard cutout of that man on your front lawn. But on top of that, when you take into account the fact that he's a mentally unhinged bigot with megalomania and an inferiority complex, it just looks ten times worse. Because now, not only do you look like a 13 year old fangirl with Trump embodying the mediocre boy band that you're idolizing, but it also shows that you agree with and condone every single racist, misogynistic, and untrue thing that he has ever said. Also, if you don't know what megalomania is, I highly recommend you look it up because after you do, I think you will come to realize that it perfectly embodies one of the the many mental illnesses that Trump probably has. Alright, with all of that out of the way, I also want to make the point that the election is not in six months, or tomorrow, or a week ago. It was seven full months ago. We have a new president, a new senate, and a new house by now. This may be harsh, and I apologize. Actually, I don't care, because this is exactly what Trump supporters said to me in 2016. But you need to get over it. And if you don't like it, you can always leave. And I'm not even being sarcastic when I say this, but I wish you the best of luck on finding a non-liberal, non-socialist, mostly Caucasian and English-speaking country willing to let you in. Not to mention a country that'll also let you keep your guns. And for a very smooth segue into why this topic also warrants a more serious conversation, I think this brings us directly into the very applicable and imperative point that politicians are not and should not be treated like celebrities. I have always and probably will always harness the belief that politicians are public servants. Their literal job is to make laws and pass policy that make our lives better as citizens. When they do just that, they should not be celebrated, but they also shouldn't be hated. And when they actively fail to follow through on that promise, when they fail to carry out their job to the best of their abilities, they should be held accountable for that and not reinforced for negative behavior. No other job in the entire country, actually no other job in the entire world is treated the way that we treat the presidency and other political roles and positions in this country. I'm going to make a quick analogy and it might be bad, but I think it'll get my point across very, very nicely. Imagine if someone was a semi-qualified accountant who was applying for a new job, and imagine if ahead of his interview, if ahead of when the company director, when the manager, when the CEO, whoever makes that final decision, decides to let him onto the team and accept him as a new hire, imagine if the people who already worked there, or imagine if people at another branch of the company, or anyone else within that realm of work, started putting up signs. Imagine if these people started not only putting these signs up in their cubicles or in their offices at work, but if they also started to put them up in their own homes. If they started to buy life-size cardboard cutouts of this man who was just looking to be hired by this company. Imagine if people started to buy shirts and hats and other kinds of merch with this man's name and picture and quotes that he said on them. And they do this because they want him to be hired so badly that they are so desperate to show his allegiance to this new hire, to someone who hasn't even entered the position yet, to someone who hasn't even shown us what he's capable of doing while he's in this position so badly. They want to show their allegiance to this person so badly that they're willing to go through all of these lengths and jump through all of this hoop, all of these hoops for someone who hasn't even fulfilled their job in this role yet. That is what we do with our presidents. That is what we do with our political leaders. And granted, I know that the presidency is much bigger than you know, just some random accountant entering a new, than some random accountant who's just entering a, a new branch or a new company for the first time. But by treating politicians, specifically the presidency, like this, you are reinforcing the idea in their head and within society and in other people's heads that these people are more than human, which then translates to being exempt from making mistakes, holding biases, and therefore receiving criticism, which, quite frankly, is not feasible for a functional and fair democracy. To make a long story short, politicians are people, not idols or celebrities, and they are most certainly not gods. Please treat them as you would Jake from accounting, who is just looking to be hired for a new job. Next, I want to dissect or respond to something that I happened to mention earlier in this episode, that being the oh-so-overused and all-too-bigoted conservative earmark statement, if you don't like it here, then leave. And I just have a few points and arguments to make in resp- direct response to this and in direct response to what when conservatives say this and what they mean when they say it. My first response is no. My second response is that I pay my taxes and I was born here, which means that I have the same exact First Amendment rights as everyone else, including you. So if I'm not mistaken, you attempting to put a hindrance on that through the action of silencing me is technically speaking anti American. Oh my goodness, they are our soldiers, our 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 men in uniform are not fighting for my freedom and have not fought for my freedom overseas and put their lives on the line so that you can tell me what I can and can't say in the land of the free. Hmm didn't think that'd come back to bite you in the ass, did you? Third and final point and quite possibly the most important point, is that I do not hate it here. I am thankful every single day to have been born in a country where I have access to so many privileges that other people in other parts of the world could not even begin to dream of. If anything, I love my country so much that I'm willing to do the hard work of what it takes to make it better and more equitable for everyone, opposed to just being apathetic and blind to its shortcomings, like you are. This I think is such an important conversation to have because I want to make a point that by ignoring our very intrinsic flaws, by ignoring our shortcomings as a nation, by ignoring the mistakes that we've made in the past and the mistakes that we're repeating now, you are doing a disservice to this nation. You are doing a disservice to everyone that's lived here. You are doing a disservice to everyone that's helped build it. And I like I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for saying that because it's true. Like I said, I think that if anything, I love my country more than someone who's willing to turn a blind eye to everything that makes this country fall short of being perfect. Because I'm willing to accept and address the mistakes that we've made. I'm willing to accept and address the things that have happened and the things that we need to look back on to make sure that we don't repeat those same mistakes in today or tomorrow or the coming years and I'm willing to do the hard work of not only recognizing that, but having the necessary conversations that are needed in order to prevent those mistakes from being from happening again and from taking place again. I'm willing to look deep into this country. I'm looking. I'm willing to look deep into its systems as a nation and pointing out the deep-ingrained discrimination, pointing out the deep-ingrained biases, and pointing out the deep-ingrained inequality that exists here because I know that those are the things that cause us to be just short of perfect. America is not the best country in the world, not by a landslide. We have so many issues. We have a failing healthcare system. We have an education system that impoverishes Millions of people every single year and continues to impoverish them to this day. We have long standing inequality that has existed in this country since the forethought of it, since before America was even thought of or conceived. And I'm not even just talking about racial inequality, I'm not even just talking about inequality that exists between black and white people. I'm talking about inequality that exists between white people and Native Americans. I'm talking about inequality that exists between asian Americans and white people and Mexican immigrants and white people. I'm talking about inequality that exists between straight and cisgender people and the LGBTQ plus community. I'm talking about inequality that exists between able-bodied individuals and disabled people, people with physical disabilities and have that have a hard that have a harder time navigating physically throughout this world and the country that we live in and the country we force these people to live in. I'm talking about the differences in the quality of life that neurotypical people experience over neurodivergent people and people who have autism and Asperger's and are experiencing mental decline or that have mental disabilities or have learning disabilities and we don't put in the effort to accommodating them and making their experience in this world equal and equitable to what someone who is neurotypical experiences. I'm talking of ageism, I'm talking about the discrimination that older people experiences when it comes to wanting to be hired for jobs, when it comes to the healthcare that they receive, when it comes to the care and the housing that they receive, and everything else that they're attempting to get access to just to be able to finish out their lives happily and peacefully. I'm talking about the inequality that women face, not just in the workplace, not just when it comes to being paid less, but when it comes to maternity leave, when it comes to being taken more seriously in sports, when it comes to being taken more seriously in male-dominated fields such as engineering, such as space travel, such as math and science dominated fields, I'm talking about all of it. Because there is so much discrimination, there's so much inequality that exists within the core of this country's foundation that needs to be addressed that has some of it having nothing to do with racism some of it having nothing to do with black people sometimes there's just inequality that exists that we can't even pinpoint why it exists i mean can you pinpoint why ageism exists can you pinpoint why we don't see people with neuro with neurodivergence why we don't see people with mental disabilities and mental mental handicaps as being able to accomplish as much as other people as being able to have their own bodily autonomy and freedom to make their own decisions in life. We have intrinsic beliefs that oh old people are frail, old people can't do this, old people don't need this, old people have already lived their lives, they're just going to die soon anyways. That we saw that with the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of people began to not care because they were like, oh it just affects old people, they're going to die anyways, who cares? We have such an apathetic way of thinking in this country that at the first sign of conflict, at the first sign of someone saying something that we don't like, at the first sign of someone pointing out a flaw in this country, we tell them to leave. We tell them that they can go somewhere else. We tell them that Canada is accepting refugees. We tell them that they can flee to Mexico or they can flee to the Middle East or wherever else they want to accept refugees from. We literally tell them to get lost because we don't want people who are going to point out the flaws in this nation here. When in reality, it's the people who are pointing out the flaws in this nation who are going to make it better and who are going to get it that much closer to being perfect, that much closer to being the best country in the world like you so blindly and so ignorantly just believe. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was a that was a lot. That was a good episode though. And a short one. Wow. I've been trying to like make them a little bit shorter because I know that it's really hard to just like sit and listen to anyone talk, even myself for close to an hour. And a lot of my episodes recently have been close to an hour. They've been, you know, over 45 minutes and... Even some of them have been close to an hour, and like I said, I know that's a lot, so I'm going to try and work on shortening them, I'm going to try and work on trying to condense my thoughts and get what, I need, what needs to be said over in fewer words, because I do tend to just let my mouth run free, I do tend to just let my words get away from me and just reiterate points over and over and over again. And I know I'm I'm conscious of the fact that that's not really conducive for making people want to listen to what I have to say and want to listen to how I think and what I think. So let join this journey with me while I try and navigate that, and as I try and go through that and figure that out for myself. Let let's do, let's do this together. This week, what's in my rotation is something that's not actually in my rotation yet, but the day after this episode comes out on June 28th. The newest season of Love Island is gonna be out. And I know There are either one of two responses right now. There's either one response that's like, oh my god, Jalen, you watch reality TV? How shallow and narrow-minded are you, actually? And then there's the other response that's like, dude, what the hell is Love Island? What is this bitch talking about? I'm gonna say it now. I like to think I'm not a huge reality TV person, but if I'm being honest with myself, I kind of am. But I, I'm very picky about my reality TV, that's for sure. And I'm not usually like a huge like dating, like love, like, you know, finding love, going on dates, like sexy, like uh, reality TV person. That's usually not my realm. But I don't know if it's because it's. I, I really only watch the UK Love Island. I haven't watched any of the other, um, like I haven't watched the Australia, or the United States, or the South African Love Islands yet, and I don't really know if I have any intention to. I think that part of the fa- part of the reason why I'm so drawn to Love Island, why I enjoy Love Island so much, is purely based on the fact that they're British. <laughs> um, I like I like there's just something about their mannerisms. There's just something about how they communicate with each other, the words that they use, the verbiage that they use, the way that they act, the the like cult- cultural norms that they have. It just it's I find it to be so entertaining. I, I find it to be funny. I die laughing all the time but while watching it because it it's just so funny. But for those of you who don't know, Love Island is a reality TV show is a as a British UK reality TV show that is that takes place during the summer and it's set in Spain off the coast of the Mediterranean. Pretty much the premise of the show is the fact that they start out by taking anywhere from 10 to 13 single, hot, young people and putting them in this giant house together that they call the villa. The villa is literally a giant house that has communal everything. There are communal beds, there's communal there's a communal bathroom, there's a communal walk-in closet and you know makeup station for the girls to use and the girls to get ready in. There's a communal there's a pool, there's a bar there's an outdoor bar, there's like day beds, there like they like this like setup is like it's it's literally like heaven like it's paradise. It's a vacation home. But The presence of it is like you, in order to stay on the island, you have to be in a couple. So there's usually, at any given time, there's usually an odd number of people in the villa. And then every couple of days, there's a quote-unquote recoupling in which people either pair up with someone new if they're not happy with the couple that they're in. Or someone has to pair up with someone if they're single. Or someone can just stay in the couple that they're in if they're happy with someone and they're advancing towards a real relationship. And whoever is not chosen to be in a couple gets dumped from the island. And then there's new people that comes on. There's either new guys that come on or there's new girls. Or there's a girl and a guy that can come on just to, like, stir things up. Like, there's constantly drama. There's constantly just, like, sexy, all of that stuff. Like, I mean, just imagine, like, a bunch of, like, single people aged anywhere from... 19 to 30, shoved in a giant communal home together. They have to share beds with the person that they're coupled with, which on the first day, and sometimes is a complete stranger, you have to share a bed with a complete stranger and sleep in the same room as complete strangers. But it's always so good because people always end up getting so close. And like I said, there's always so much drama. And the part that I think Part of why I think it's so good, but part of like why I also think it can be really toxic is because you literally cannot do anything in that villa except for gossip. Like- these these contestants, these members of the Love Island villa, people who come on to Love Island, they can't bring books with them in the villa. There's no TV for them to watch. There's no way for them to talk to their families or contact people from home. Like they can do like activities, like there's like challenges for them to do. Like they they can have like there's alcohol for them, like there's bountiful amounts of alcohol and they can like drink with each other and all that stuff. But like they like that's like they cannot do anything except for literally sit around like, get to know each other and gossip. Like, that's the entire premise of the episode. So as I'm sure you could guess, people get extremely, like, rowdy and, like, just overall, like, I feel like very, what's the, what's the best word to use to describe this? Um, Like, unhinged, I guess would be, like, the right word to use it. Like, imagine, like, it's, like, a a hamster on a wheel or, like, a rat in a cage. Like, you just, like, you kind of just, like, unravel a little bit mentally. So, as I'm sure you could guess, like, as time goes on, like, and as people also get more in-depth with their relationships, as friendships start to form, as you start to get, you know, best friends in the villa and, you know, more people get dumped and whatever, like, shit can get really, like, dramatic and shit, and you can get really invested in these people's lives. And I mean, a lot of people have walked away from previous seasons, you know, at like having best friends for life. And like, there have been a couple people—not a whole lot—but there have been a couple people who like are married now, who like were on Love Island like four or five, six years ago, who like are married now, and they have kids and they have like lives together. And, like, they're like truly in love. Like, they truly found the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life, so their lives with there. And there's like some normal people, but I think that. Like all in all, like ha- like be having that experience, I think would really change you, and would kind of be in a way very, very true, like dramatic and like whatever. But overall, I think it's very very good. I I don't I don't think it's good in like a way where like oh this is great for people's mental health. This is exactly what we should be watching and like peddling money into. But I think it's great in the sense that like it is so entertaining. I'm just gonna say that now. It is so entertaining. Um and that at the end of the at the end of the 6 weeks they're in the villa for 6 weeks. I don't know if I said that, but at the end of the 6 weeks the the couple that gets voted on by the public, the the couple that is deemed as the 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 best couple or whatever, and it's usually the couple that's been together the longest and has progressed the most, they win 50,000 pounds and they win the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for that. That's definitely what's going to be in my rotation. Not this week, but next week. I, I'm actually watching former seasons of Love Island now, trying to get myself amped up for the new season to come out, because I cannot, I seriously cannot wait. The next six weeks are going to be freaking wild. So yeah, if you if you haven't watched Love Island before, I definitely recommend, it's on Hulu. Um, you don't need like the premium subscription or the live subscription or anything. It's just on regular Hulu. I recommend starting with either the first or the second season. Those are my two favorite seasons. Um, actually, mmm, trying to think. Actually, no, the second season is kind of angering. Um, I recommend either the first or the third, because the third is also really, really good. i really enjoyed the third season. Um, so yeah, I recommend starting with the first or the third, just to get a sense of what it's about before you start in the new season. But yeah, all in all, I cannot wait for the new season of Love Island to come out. I will be on Twitter all the time, all day, every day, trying to keep up with what's happening, trying to be in on all of the drama and all of the tea. Um, With that being said, though, if you want my Love Island gossip, and if you want to see my Love Island Twitter page that's going to be going up next week, once the new season comes out, definitely feel free to follow me on all of my social media platform, especially Twitter. All of my handles are just at Jalen Tully. Also, if you enjoyed this week's episode, always be sure to follow and subscribe for weekly episodes that come out every single Sunday. And if you think someone else could learn something or get a laugh out of this week's episode or any of the episodes before now, be sure to share this podcast with someone who you think would enjoy it. Alright guys, more than anything, the little mantra that I say at the end of each episode, I'm sure you know what it is by now. But always be sure to leave this episode, and every episode before and after now, ready to educate often, learn freely, and always, always, always love equally. Alright you guys, I will be here next week, because next week is actually a self-care Sunday episode, so definitely be sure to tune in next week, because I will sure be here ready to share some of my favorite self-care tips with y'all. Have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys next Sunday.